Thank you for tuning in to Morning Edition on WRGC 88.3 FM. I'm Daniel McDonald. Friday, August 26th, marked Women's Equality Day, the annual commemoration of the 1920 adoption of the 19th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, which prohibited states and the federal government from denying the right to vote on the basis of sex. More than a century after women gained the right to vote, women hold more than a quarter of the seats in the United States Congress, Vice President Kamala Harris is the first woman elected to the White House, and women hold four of nine seats on the Supreme Court of the United States. But what do those numbers mean when we consider the state of equality between the sexes in our society? Victoria Gordon is the Paul D. Coverdale Visiting Scholar at Georgia College and State University. At 3.30 p.m. Wednesday, August 31st, Dr. Gordon will moderate Women in Politics a panel discussion with current and former elected officials. Today, she joined me to invite you to the panel discussion, Women in Politics. Dr. Victoria Gordon, thank you for joining me today on WRGC 88.3 FM. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here to talk about these issues that are really near and dear to my heart. Now, Dr. Gordon, here at Georgia College, we just inaugurated our 12th president, President Kathy Cox, the third woman to hold that office. In the city of Milledgeville, a mayor, Mary Parham Copeland, is the first woman to hold that office. And of course, there are other elected and appointed officials, uh, a list that's too long for us to announce right here. But I'm curious, how does our constellation of locally elected and appointed officials help us understand the larger arc of women's involvement in politics and society? I think that Anytime we have women elected, whether it's local, state, or federal positions, we bring a new voice to the table, literally. It's not that men are not able to represent a woman's position, but there is certainly something to be said for having a woman's voice in the discussions, in the decision-making, whatever the policy areas are. And I think that's very important. And is it a matter of representation creating better policy or is there something that's missing when our elected officials don't accurately reflect the population as it is? Well, certainly we could have that discussion that I believe women now uh, make up a greater percentage of the U.S. population than men do. Uh, we know that they are more likely to get a higher education degree, et cetera. So certainly there are some really relevant reasons that women need to be better represented. And yet to get to that parity, that, that point at which we have equal representation in legislative bodies, we are a long ways from getting there. And that's still a problem. On Wednesday, August 31st, you're inviting women elected officials uh, from our community. You'll have uh, President Kathy Cox, Mayor Mary Parham Copeland, and Solicitor General Sky Guess. How do you hope your panelists' experiences will help audience members understand the state of women's equality in our society? Well, for one thing, all of them have served in elected roles. And so they understand the process of the campaigning and becoming elected, and the importance of voting. So for young persons across our campus and in our community, we want to send the message for sure that it's important to be registered to vote and exercise your right to vote. And that is part of that celebration of Women's Equality Day that just passed, as well as the continuing celebration of the 19th Amendment. 
The second thing is that there are statistics that show that women have to be asked at least seven times before they will actually run for office. And women are sometimes reluctant to see their own value or their own skills and attributes that they would bring to the campaign and to the elected position. And so the panel, I hope, will be able to talk about what their particular experiences were in making the decision to run for office, and then also what obstacles and barriers might be still existing, whether it's perception or reality, that we could identify in this discussion and help young persons think through some of those things who might have an interest in running for elected office. And the other thing that I would point to is that for women running for office, the issue of fundraising is still of concern because, you know, it's not polite to ask for money. It's not ladylike to ask for money. And yet you don't get elected unless you actually recruit for dollars. And so I hope that their experiences will be able to show young people what some of those obstacles and barriers are and how they were able to overcome them and how we can move forward. And of course, there's so much value to those uh, personal stories of of, uh, people's experience uh, overcoming challenges. Uh, But for audience members who may not be able to make it to the panel, uh, what do we need to do to get over uh, that barrier that you described in your last response about, you know, needing to be asked seven times? Uh, More importantly, even the questioning of one's value and the contribution that they can make uh, to our society through uh, running for elected office and actually holding an elected office. So both major parties do now have a connection to either a nonprofit or other organizations that help women identify whether or not they would be a viable candidate, whether or not they're interested in it. And so there are some of those kinds of workshops and seminars and things that I think can be very valuable in helping people work through that process before they get in too deep and know that maybe it's not for them or that it is for them. So there are opportunities to to think through some of that. You know, the other thing is that sometimes young persons don't realize the value of running for office in high school or college. And there is a direct link between those who are successful in just being on student council or being the president of a college group and your then willingness to run for office. And so we we can learn a lot from experiences, but also get beyond some of those perceptions that might keep us back. And when we think about some of those statistics that we listed earlier in the conversation about the uh, proportion of representation of women in elected office, um, and then also some of the challenges and barriers we talked about later, what is at stake? Well, I think that we have seen in the last five years, for example, the Me Too movement shine an entire different light on sexual harassment in the workplace and how much we still need to do to work towards overcoming that. We have seen that we don't have paid leave for most employees in this country in terms of family leave when there's the birth of a child. We've seen the overturning of Roe v. Wade, and we don't know at this point what that's going to mean for women's reproductive health. And and wherever you are on the abortion question, there's no doubt that as a country, we're going to have to have some difficult discussions, both at home and in our communities and in our organizations, 
about how we are going to address some of those kinds of issues. And so I think that our panelists, while we're not going to take on heavy issues, we are going to help people understand how voting can make a difference, how participating in the political process can make a difference, and how we need to encourage that for everybody. What do you hope your audience at the Women in Politics panel discussion takes away from that conversation? I hope that they will see the value of having a woman at the table in the decision-making process, and I hope that they will register to vote and exercise that right to vote. I also think, just in more general terms, we have an opportunity to hear from three women who have developed and are developing great leadership skills for their own particular organizations. And I think we all can use a dose of that, a reminder of how we can make a difference and improve our skills and really affect change. And so that's what I hope the message will be when people leave. Dr. Victoria Gordon, I want to thank you for joining me today on WRGC 88.3 FM. Thank you. My pleasure. Victoria Gordon is the Paul D. Coverdale Visiting Scholar at Georgia College and State University. Dr. Gordon recently retired from Western Kentucky University, where she taught in the Department of Political Science in the Master of Public Administration program. At 3.30 p.m. Wednesday, August 31st, in Georgia College's Magnolia Ballroom, Dr. Gordon will moderate Women in Politics, a panel discussion with current and former elected officials. The Women in Politics panel is free and open to the public. You can learn more online by following the link bit.ly slash gcwomeninpolitics. That's bit.ly slash gcwomeninpolitics, all one word.